Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Wouldn't it be great if you never got sick and your family always had what they needed? And if all that was true, do you think you would want to grow closer to God? Even want a relationship with Him? Probably not. Well, Pastor J.D. shares that because you do struggle, you can have a deeper relationship with God. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 15, 2022. I just got done reading this unsealed, opened-up prophecy in the book about how that those who do wickedly will continue to do wickedly. Oh, I see now. And, and those who are doing righteously will continue to do righteously. Those who are holy will continue to be holy. You see what's happening here? I'll need to proceed with this presupposition that you understand oftentimes God will allow the evil in order to bring about the good. Example, the aforementioned prophecy in Daniel foretells how it's the evil of the Antichrist that brings Israel to Christ which, by the way, is the purpose of the tribulation. It's for the salvation of the Jewish nation. I suppose you could say that the evil God allows serves as a catalyst of sorts to fulfill His perfect prophetic plan at the perfect time, at the time of the end. I like how one said it, the devil is God's devil. Have you ever thought of it like that? He's a created being, you know. He's not omnipotent. He's not omniscient. And he's not omnipresent, which is why I always get a kick. i just as guilty of saying something to the effect of, man, the devil really was attacking me this last week. The devil was? Oh, how do you rate? Because he can't be two places at one time. I mean, she was at your address? Whoa, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. No, it's his demons. You know what Satan has been successful in accomplishing is deceiving people into believing that somehow he's God's opposite. He is not God's opposite. He is a created being. God created him. 
And I, this might mess you up, I hope it doesn't, but God created Lucifer knowing ahead of time what Lucifer would do. And He created him anyway. <laughs> oh man, I opened up this can, I better deal with it. This explains why it is, by the way, that God, when Lucifer exalted himself in heaven, saying, I will exalt my throne above the Most High, I will, I will, I, 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 has an eye problem, and then he's cast out of heaven to the earth. Now, here's the question, why, why wouldn't God just like zap him? right on the spot. I would have done that, which is why I'm not going to, and you would have done the same thing too, so. Oh really, you want to, <laughs> zap, it's over. Why would God allow him to then recruit and take with him a third of the heavenly host, who were also cast out of heaven, down to the earth? where they still are, by the way. Why wouldn't God just like start over and just say, okay, well, so much for that, because then all of heaven would have now seen God and served God out of fear and not love. Here's the way I think of it in my my mind, I know they have clinical terms for things like this, but I just picture in heaven the angels who didn't fall, going, did you hear what Lucifer did? And God just zapped him, and a third of our angel friends, you know, the ones we have Bible studies with on Tuesday nights, just zapped them, Matt. We better we better be careful. Changes the whole complexion now. And then you can even take it further. So here's Satan, and then God creates Adam and Eve knowing full well, never think for a second, that when Adam and Eve sinned, <laughs> that God was in heaven going, are you kidding me? I told you, just one tree. I gave you all of these trees of this one tree, and you, why did you do, what are we going to do now? Plan B. No. God knew exactly what was going to happen. So why didn't God just like start over? Because again, I would have done that, and so would have you done that as well. We need Adam 2.0 and Eve 2.0. Let's try this again. No, it would have changed the whole. See, sin had to, and evil with it, had to run its course. It would have changed everything. And by the way, that's why there was even that tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because God wants to give us a choice so that we're not forced to serve Him and love Him. You know that question of, if God is so loving, why does He allow evil and suffering to continue in the world? Well, I know that's a very complex question, 
and at the risk of an oversimplification, God is allowing it because man has made his choice. He's given man free will to choose. He wants us to choose because we love him. He'll never force himself on anyone. And so he is such a loving God (laughs) that he allows evil to continue. But here's the thing, that evil that he's allowing to continue, going perfectly according to his prophetic plan, right on schedule. Yeah, but pastor is really getting bad. I know. But God, yeah, but evil seems to be waxing worse and worse, seemingly with each passing day. I know. But God, God takes that evil and he works it and it fulfills his perfect prophetic plan. So he'll allow the devil to do all of this. Ask Job, by the way. See, Satan cannot do anything unless God allows him, and God will never allow him to do anything unless ultimately it's for our good and his glory. Don't you find it interesting that, and I tell you, that was another, wow, what a book when we were studying verse by verse through the book of Job. We should get t-shirts. I studied through Job and survived. (laughs) What a book, man. But here's the thing, right out of the chute, the beginning of the book, Satan, who still has access to heaven, by the way, that's why there's going to be the new heavens and the new earth. So God already knew. He just, you know, hey, what you been up to? I just been kind of, you know, roaming throughout the earth. God's like, hey, when you were down there, did you uh, happen to notice my servant Job? Oh yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. And that's actually why I wanted to stop by. Because, you know, the only reason he serves you is because of how you bless him. You let me just mess with him, and he'll curse you to your face. God's like, you're on. Man, if, I should, if I'm Job, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm thinking about Peter with Jesus. Remember when Jesus says, hey, Peter, um, Satan has asked for permission for you to sift you as wheat. And I don't know if he paused there, but if he did, and I'm Peter, I'm thinking to myself, you told him no, right? <laughs> No, Peter, I said yes. I gave him permission, and I'm going to allow him to sift you as wheat, because in the end it's going to be for your good and my glory. Okay, Satan, go ahead. And isn't it interesting that God says you can do this, but you cannot do that, and he could not do anything more than what God allowed him to do. What's my point? My point is, is that God will control the evil in allowing the evil in so much as it accomplishes his perfect will. The devil is God's devil. Here's another example. Let's go back to Christ's first coming and his subsequent crucifixion, burial, resurrection, 
and promise of his return. God had to allow the evil of the crucifixion and the death of the Savior so he could bring the good of his resurrection and salvation. And so too is this true for us in these last days as it relates to God allowing the unspeakable evil in this world to bring about His good in the end. I would venture to say that there are untold multitudes who are now born again of the Spirit of God because of the evil in today's world. And I'll take it a step further and suggest that there are many who would not have otherwise been saved had it not been for that which God has allowed. God's allowing all of this. I think we had an update a while back. It was titled, Restraining Evil and Sustaining Righteousness. And this has its scriptural basis in Second Thessalonians 2 concerning the restrainer who now restrains. He's controlling and restraining the evil he's allowing because it's accomplishing everything that he set it out and allowed it to accomplish. So the evil <laughs> continues, and as we just read in Daniel and Revelation, it's like the wicked that do wickedly will continue to do wickedly. And conversely, the righteous who do righteous will continue to do righteously. But the problem is, is that this is a deception, and God has allowed this evil deception we know as COVID, I'm saying it that way for a reason, which has, is, and will continue to bring people to the end of themselves in the end. And it's having that effect even now. And this side of the rapture, I don't know that we'll ever know about those who lost everything in this world to find salvation in Jesus for the next. Isn't that the paradox of our faith? You know what I mean by that? Replete throughout Scripture. You want to live, die. You want to gain, lose? What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? The way up is the way down. It's the paradox of our Christian faith. And it goes against everything in our human nature, in our sin nature, in our Adamic nature. It, we chafe against it. You want to find, lose. You want to find your life, lose your life. And sometimes that's what it takes. And God will allow it, because God wants to bring us to the end of ourselves, because it's only then that we'll throw up our hands. Say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Well, the Lord knows what to do. And the Lord has allowed this to bring you, to bring me to that very place. Because had it not been for that, I would have never come to Him. All of those things that I 
had put my trust in and leaned upon and looked to are gone. I like how one said it. You'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. But it takes something like this. And that's why it's a blessing in disguise. You'll forgive me for the personal reference, but in my own life, in my walk with the Lord, God allowed the most painful experiences to bring about the greatest blessings. And while I would never want to have to go through them again, I would never trade the blessings that God brought out of it for anything. The good that God did in the midst of the bad that He allowed. I think about the Apostle Paul. He said it basically like this, the sufferings of this life, the difficulties, the hardships, the painful trials, and they're so painful, nothing, not even to be compared with the glory that awaits. And could it be, by the way, that God has allowed this for this? What do you mean? Well, God has allowed what we call COVID. Again, I'm saying it like that for a reason. God has allowed all of this to happen. Unthinkable, right? He has allowed all of it to happen because in and through what He's allowed to happen, He has brought us to Him. Some of us, if we're honest, He's brought us back to Him. Thank you again, Capono. That's that hymn. Uh, I'm a little rusty. I'll do my best. But the guy who wrote that hymn, he backslid. He walked away from the Lord after he wrote that, prone to wander, come thou fount of every blessing. Prone to wander, Lord, I know it. After he wrote that, I mean, magnificent, beautiful hymn, he wandered and he backslid. And then one day he happened upon a woman that was singing his hymn. And he approaches her and enters into this conversation with her. And she's just talking about how wonderful this hymn is. And he says to her something to the effect of, I'm that pitiful man who wrote that hymn. And he broke down. Oh, that I could be that man that I was before I wandered. David in the Psalm, Psalm 119, he says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. This is a good thing. This bad thing, it's a good thing. This evil, it's a blessing in disguise. This affliction, oh, it's good. 
Because had it not been for this affliction, had it not been for this trial, had it not been for God allowing this evil, I don't know. Where would I be? Had it not been for this. Again, you'll forgive the personal reference. I, I know over the last couple of years in my own life, God has done a deep work in me as, as a pastor through all of this. Just the, <clears throat> but it's been good. <laughs> it's been hard, but it's been good. Have you ever thanked God for a painful trial? You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Where you're just going, Lord, <sighs> that was horrible, but thank you. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for allowing this. Because had it not been for this, I would have never learned the things that you wanted to teach me. Because it was in and through this that you had my undivided attention that you did not have heretofore. I'm busy about many things like Martha. <laughs> There's a lot of Marthas. You know who you are. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Martha, Martha, you're, why are you so busy? Listen, the tuna casserole can wait. Mary is chosen the better things, sitting at my feet, hanging on every word. I'll personalize it. J.D., why, what are you, why are you, what, what are you doing? <laughs> why don't you just, do I have your attention yet? Yeah, you got my attention. Okay, we need to talk. There's some things I need to show you. There's some things I need to say to you. And I don't have your undivided attention. And I had to allow this so that I could have your undivided attention, because now I've got your undivided attention. Now you're hanging on every word. Now, let me, let me tell you what I needed to tell you. Let me show you what I needed to show you, so that you can learn what you need to learn from this. And it took this, and had it not been for this, you would have never learned it. It would have never happened. It is a blessing in disguise. Please know that I don't want to do an unnecessarily long update today, as I often do, which is why I'm going to bring it to an end. <laughs> don't be shocked, please, by this. Okay, And don't look at your watches either. Simply put, this is the end, and this is how it ends. And this by virtue of the fact that Bible prophecy tells us what it will be like at the time of the end. Knowledge of Bible prophecy has increased. And we have in our Bibles well nigh one-third of our Bibles that are prophecy. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing. And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn 
about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth.